Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. We are so grateful to have back with us on the program today, Dr. Ginger Bratzel. Dr. Bratzel, say good morning. Good morning, everybody. Tell us where you're call- Where are you calling from right now? Where do we I, I am in my home office that we call uh, my lair. And this is where I control the world from um, in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Great place to be right now. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a lovely hot day. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I, I think no matter where you're listening, it's probably warm. Kind of right. That's it. Um, that's it. That's summertime. My little brother is uh, from Hawaii. He's in Boston the other day and uh, went to a, a Red Sox. Big Red Sox fan. This is 97 degrees at a Red Sox game. It's crazy. Um, so we, last time you were on the show, we had a great discussion. Um, I was just reminded of it. I, <laughs> I, I forgot. It's been kind of crazy. I got back from vacation. So what I want you to do for those of you that, for those who haven't heard you or met you before, um, tell us how'd you, how'd you get into the dentistry? Well, being a dentist, that's the, that's the thing you, you get in there. I always wanted to be a dentist and um, I always wanted to own my own business. That's probably the bigger thing. And dentistry is my vessel to do that. And so um, when I had the opportunity to do that and go back to my hometown and practice, uh, needed to make things work. And just being a dentist is not enough to make a business successful. So I had to dive into the other side. And so I, I, I had to focus on building practices and I was just interested in my own. And that's how uh, I got into this world of helping other practices and small business owners and service-based providers build their businesses too. Fantastic. So what I want to ask you, and, and I, I've asked you a similar question. I asked all of our guests a similar question. What problems and challenges are you seeing a lot of dentists and practices facing today um, that you haven't seen in the past? Right. And that's it. It is a new game. So even I don't think the problems are necessarily different, but they're presenting differently. And so the solutions have to look differently or they have to be modified. You know, people have been in practice for 20 years and done things a certain way and they've just gotten used to that. And now they have to approach it differently. Uh, I I find it's more of a mental game too than it's ever been before. And, you know, emotions are running high, frustration's high, more anxiety and depression, not just from your patients, but, you know, the stress of running all this together. So, you know, it's, it's made it a tougher uh, world out there. So I see, I see, and I'm personally seeing this, and I'm sure you are too. I'm seeing dentists, um, you know, there was, I, I, years ago, I used to hear like, oh, we missed the golden age of dentistry, right? That phrase and that term. Right. I'm seeing a golden age of dentistry for a decent 10, 20, 30% of dentists out there seem to be living in the golden age of dentistry. Would you agree with that? I, I, this isn't, um, anytime there's an economy shift, people, either you dwell in the negative and try to get back to what that was, or you look for the opportunities. You know, if we look at historically during the depression and any other recession, how many businesses have refocused and revamped going forward? This is where practices are. Um, you know, I work with, one client that has 17 practices in five states and they're doing fantastic. And we look at it when we talk about from strategy, um, even though they're all independent practices, like there's people that are closing the door and there's like, you know what, it's pretty much a 
wholesale on dental practices out there if I wanted to go out there and dominate an area because people are just laying down and not doing what they need to do. So if you're willing to get up and restructure and rethink your process, it's it's pretty sweet out there. So let's start thinking of let's start rethinking processes right now. Why don't you give me lay it down, right? You you control the world from Oklahoma City and dentistry, and uh, I say that with the same the same uh, just that you do, right? We're kind of having some fun. Um, tell me, give me give me some advice if, if someone's struggling, if they're if they're hurt, and if they're not in that top. 10, 20, 30%. What are some things that they can do to change that today? Well, I think this is a refocus. So everyone's assumed you're a dentist, they'll come to you. Now you have to be more proactive in this game. And so some people who have marketed are, are marketing more or looking at marketing. But, you know, I break it down I, I, before we even talk to them about being a client. We go back and look, are they ready for that? So, um, so I look at how they've been working before. They've had the same website. Uh, I go through and look at the website. It doesn't say anything about welcoming new patients on there. We assume people know that. Don't assume anything. So uh, that's one of the things we look at to see how attractive their practice is. Um, I'm looking to see, is there a way for someone to directly contact you from a website? Um, do you have a button where they can schedule appointment, direct connect call? Um, something that um, takes the action out of it and makes it no brainer for them. Um those are things. Uh, look at websites and they're all about the practice, all about the doctor. It's all about us. And so I'll go through and I'll have them outline, um, print out their page. And I say, circle everything that says, are we believe I, the doctor, anything like that, circle that. And then I want you to go through and pretend you're the patient. I'm going to underline the you and yours. How many times are you talking to them? And 99% of about is telling them how great the practice is and you ignore your prospects. So, I mean, it's, it's a mismatch. We've got yep. to be in the zone for them going forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that. Social proof is, it, it's always been a thing. A lot of people think it's just something that came out with social media and it didn't. Social proof has been uh, around for a while. I think talking about patients and why patients come to your practice, what they like about the, the practice gives that social proof um, that people, that helps people make um, decisions. What else do you have? Well, you know, also we look at how friendly your office is. We can get food delivered to our car if we want to go get it. I can get groceries delivered to my house. This is a whole different world. And so people who practice eight to five, Monday through Thursday, and get upset because they can't get enough patients, people have changed. You've, you've got to be a pre, uh, structured, a friendly practice. So, you know, they don't even have a lot of offices. I cannot believe it's don't even answer their phone at noon because they said, well, that's our lunch hour. Somebody could be there and answer the phone. Oh, we don't see that, patients. That's on everybody else's lunch hour too, right? Right. Sorry, people sorry want to interrupt you. That's when most people are going to be calling your practice. It's because they're on their lunch hour. Or they said we don't work Friday, so nobody's here to answer the phone. A human being could answer the phone. Some, you know, that's you've right. got enough staff members you could filter. So I'm like, yep. you know, don't go spend any money on marketing or anything like that because they can't get in to see you. You're not going to answer the phone. You made it impossible for them to come. That's How are they right. going to contact you? Yep. It's easy to have. I mean, you can have your team rotate if you're closed on Fridays. If you have five team members, right? One, you know, one Friday per month, they're on call to answer the phone and you forward it to their cell phone or their home or wherever they're at. It's not that big of a deal. Um, right. Maybe you, maybe you have to spend an extra couple hundred dollars in, in salary or $500 in salary, but you'll make it up tenfold in the amount of patients that you bring in. Yeah. If somebody calls on this Friday and you don't answer the phone and I'm sorry to kind of steal your thunder here, but it drives me crazy. Right. When I call a business and they don't answer the phone, I am going to call someone else and I'm going to go keep calling until someone. That's picks it. 
Right. And I will keep calling and that they're like, well, we get, we like, we're going to advertise near us. Well, I can call five other guys around you or gals. And if I can get through to them and I'm a new patient, I'm going to go. So you've got to be accessible. Yep. 75% of consumers will, will go with the first person that answers the phone or calls them back. 75%. That's it. And, and right. They look on Facebook, they look on Google, they read a generic you know, some stranger talking about it and they're like, this is good enough. So you, you, we put this belief in that people will, will tolerate that. I, you know, I see people too. They want, again, spend all this time on marketing. And I said, you know, I'll ask them, I'll call up and I'll said, I'm, you know, a new patient in the area. When can you see me? And I said, well, we got an opening in six weeks. Yep. You don't, you don't need new patients. You need to fix something going on. Yep. Um, and they said, we just got busy. You know, you got to leave that time for people to be there. It's got to be blocked in your schedule. You've got to have new patient time. Um, you know, wherever you see them, make sure you can see them and make it accessible. Yep. Great advice. What else you got? Well, I, I think also, um, you know, well, it's, it's got to be the convenience factor. So, um, again, I have people who want to do two hour appointments with new patients. I'm not saying you can't do that, but, if I'm in, think about it in your life, do you have two hours to spend to do somewhere like that? Could you break no. that down into an easier appointment? Could you do it in two chunks? There's nothing in dentistry that we have to do in that first visit. It's got to take two hours. And, right. and it's just, you know, being locked into these old thoughts and beliefs and making it difficult on them. So, I mean, if, if schools can be virtual um, and when we have to, if snow days have gone away and we could still have school days, if, you know, they could deliver my groceries, if I can call the cookie place or get on my phone at the cookie place and have them waiting for me, that's the level expectations people have now that they want other dentistry. You're not asking to compromise care, but they really just want to be, wear their shoes, you know, make life easier, not more difficult and worry about procedures and policy. Because if you're not adapting and making things easier, you're going to be outdated. I agree. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I, you too, I mean, you've been on both sides of the fence, right? As a dentist and working with dentists. Can you imagine if a vendor contacted you and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. Or you contacted the vendor and they said, great, our first phone call is going to be two hours long. When can you schedule two hours with me? What's the next one going to be? Four hours or six or eight? You'd, you'd never go for that. I agree with you completely on that. It it's puts up, you put your filters up and like, what's, what's going to take that long? You know, what are they trying to sell me? You know, you're talking about a vendor. We had a guy come in and wanted to, um, we were looking at replacing our windows and he wanted to come to our house and he insisted that both people be there, both decision makers be there. And it's for a two hour visit. I'm like, I already tell you, I'm not interested because you're not listening to me. Who's got two hours. Who's got two people has two hours to do that. And so why should your dental work be that way too? Yeah, no, I, I, and you're right about the two hours and the decision maker. That's such a terrible, I mean, and you, you can think about it if, if you wanted, I guess a dental practice could say if, you know, and this happens, right. And people talk about this, Oh, that they, you know, they tell the spouse that they need a crown and it's $1,800 and the, the spouse says, well, I need to talk to, you know, my husband or my wife. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a common scenario that does happen. So should we just always bring the decision maker with us on dental appointments too? Right. Or the other decision maker kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, it, it really, it does nothing but raise your, your radar that something's up. Why, why do I have to do this? Cause this doesn't feel normal. Yep. And, absolutely. Yeah. Any other advice, action steps today? Well, I, I think it's really important to do an audit. Um, and go back, you know, people survey uh, patients 
patient surveys I find are very jaded um, because the people who like you usually the ones that fill it out. Um, the, you really look at those Google comments. Um, when you get a negative comment, we always put up a radar that uh, it's that person. They're just a jerk. There's a bit of truth in there. And, you know, I love looking at other uh, Google reviews of other people in the area because it shows me what the culture's like. It gives me anticipations of what people think. And you go read your neighbor's um, Google's uh, reviews too and see where they might be slipping and not giving that service where you can fill in to do that. Yep. So um, don't worry about the five stars and everything. Look, listen to what they're saying, how they're saying it, and, and there's some emotion behind it. And if you can overcome that, you're going to fill the void that nobody else in your area does, and you will be the dentist that they come to. Yeah, you know, some DSOs out there, I mean, if you look, I look at their reviews a lot. Um, I, I look, I read dental reviews a lot, not just to our clients, but just across the board. And there's some DSOs that have typically not very good reviews um, mm-hmm. in general. Right. They're hovering around that four or lower mark. There's some DSOs that have an, uh, outstanding reviews. And not only are they hovering close to that five, they have hundreds. I just looked at one the other day. There's a 4.8 and has 970 reviews. Location's been open three years. People like it there, right? So right. <clears throat> I think, or those people do, and they're also doing a really good job curating those reviews, right? In- inspiring people to leave reviews, obviously, when you're, they have they, a system they, in place to ask. They do. But I would recommend call that practice. See what it's like when, you know, when you call, what does it sound like when they answer the phone? Ask them some generic questions. Ask them how much a crown costs or how much is it to have a tooth pulled or, you know, whatever you want to ask them, ask them and see what they're doing to what, why consumers are reacting positively um, to that. I think it's a pretty good thing to do. Um, what do you think? Well, yeah, because um, most people, most dentists say, well, they're the bad guys, so we don't want to do anything like them. But there's lessons to be learned. They have their systems down. They run it like a business. They're able to give care, but they run it like a business. And that's what people are looking to do business with people who respect their time, get things done, um, make it affordable. I mean, even if it's uh, more expensive, it's still what they want. They feel like they're valued, they got through, and it's not dominating their life. And I yep. think a lot of dentists, um, you know, and I, I can say this because I'm one of them and I'll talk to a lot of private practice, like they want to be liked and loved, but you've got to serve and, and provide first. You're, yep. you're not there to be a friend first. You're there to give them what they need. And let, if the friendship develops, that's great. But they, they really take everything too personally and that's what they're, they're coming from. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I read um, a few years back, there was a new social media platform that capped out the amount of friends that you could have at 50. So basically it was Facebook, but you could only have 50 friends. Um, and the point behind that was that you can you can only maintain so many relationships. So, and I think right. the number that they actually say is there's t- only, you can only maintain 10 friends. If you have right. family, and I, I, I joke around that says that, you know, Jesus's greatest miracle was having 10 close friends in, in his 30s, right? Who, who's able to pull that off nowadays, right? It's very difficult right. to maintain friendships, especially when you have children and other family members and what have you. So I think trying the idea that we can be friends with all of our customers, I think it's just, it's not it's not feasible, right? I think we can be friendly with them. I think to be friends with them. Right, and that's a difference. Are they your friend or you can treat them respect and be friendly? And, and that's right. what we have to determine to do that. Yeah, so I'm gonna say this. Um, you know, we, we oftentimes, um, ask, um, 
people that are on our show, hey, how would you find an expert to help them with some of the problems? Um, I'm just going to say, you know, people need to check out your website. It's, it's Ginger Bratzel, B-R-A-T-Z-E-L.com. And I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. You're right doing now. really great on that. You yeah. are. I'm always, You're hitting it. I'm always paranoid about that. Um, but I want them to check out your site. You, you've been at, you've been in you've been in all these shoes, right? You've, you've you've been on the front lines. You've been a dentist. You work with dentists all over the country. Definitely want to encourage our audience to reach out to you. And then I also want to say, hey, you got to come back on the show. Um, we can't wait so long. Your advice is terrific, and you're a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I appreciate it, and I, I love doing it. And like I said, when I got a list to bring, I, I you guys are quick, and let's do action steps and, and do it. So uh, reach out to me. Uh, I've got some resources there. If you're looking for patients, I've got uh, a quick sheet to help you with that and, and guide you through that process for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that offer to our, our audience. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick, and thanks uh, the Dental Brief peoples. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.